Welcome to the Casa de Confidence podcast, a podcast for women about going in the direction of their dreams and the confidence it takes to reach them. I'm your host, Julie DeLuca Collins. I am a dreamer, a traveler, visionary, risk taker. I am a lover of books, activist, philanthropist, and most of all, a supporter of women in their dreams. If you've stumbled into our casa for the first time, welcome. If you've been here before, I'm so glad you're back. Grab your drink of choice, settle in, and make yourself at home. Welcome back to another week of Casa de Confidence. This is Dan Collins and your incredible, beautiful, vivacious host, Julie DeLuca Collins. Are you trying to get some later? You're the one that made apple crisps and you know the way to my heart or whatever. I made apple crisp because we were celebrating my mom's birthday today. But can she eat it from here? No, but we were having a family Zoom call. Does and she I'm, she loves apple crisp, right? She does. Yeah, oh, that's I love a woman after crisp. your own heart. It's the best. I was debating thing in the world whether I should make cupcakes, apple crisp, lemon cake, and apple crisp seemed the easiest. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it is snowing again in Casa de Collinsville. Yes, it is. We are in New England after all, Daniel Collins. Yep. We've got what four or five inches already is more coming. Listen, I just dark. nearly killed myself outside. I'm wearing slippers and the dogs couldn't come back in. You went out with slippers? Just because I was wearing snow boots before. But you fall in and I know. And in slippers in the snow. Mm-hmm. The chances of you falling is exponentially grown. The chances of me falling are very good, aren't they? <laughs> but I didn't. But uh, I don't want to jinx myself. Listen, I had a wonderful yes. afternoon, even though you weren't here for the majority of it. Mm-hmm. I have to tell you what I did. You want to know what I did? What did I'll you catch do? you up. First, I went to the grocery store because we were missing some staples. And between those staples was dishwashing liquid. Did you get anything for watching a Super Bowl game? Well, we were supposed to be going to the Rouses to do that. Yeah, I know. But it's snowing out, and I, you know what? I had to go to work today. You did go to work again. I was at work yesterday, and... You know, these people expect a lot of you. No. I am <laughs> super importante. You are super importante, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> no, 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 no. So yes. we, we, had to, we had to get some stuff done, and it's important, and uh, we're getting it done. Yeah. So, so anyway, speaking about getting things done. Wait a minute. I didn't finish telling you what I did. What? You, you're not interested in what I did? I'm very, it's all about you? I'm, okay. It's about you. No problem. I'm this very, is your show. Go ahead. Wow. Well, <laughs> well, putting that on me? Uh-huh. Hmm. I think the roles are reversed because typically you're telling that stuff to me. Yes. So let's make it about you and tell me your story. So I went to the grocery store, and first of all, Aldi's, if you have an Aldi's and you know they're not so big, it was, what's a good word for it? Packed? Shit show. Crazy? Shit show. 
that Aldi's got really popular because mm-hmm. we had one grocery store close and they switched over to another owner. But that grocery store was closed for a while. Almost people, a year. People started to get drawn to Aldi's and uh, Aldi's gained a lot of customers. In this yes, town. they did. And, you know, Aldi's has a specialty cheese section. You can get Gruyere. You can get really fancy cheese. You know what I went to look for at Aldi's? What? I went to look for a block of feta so I can make the TikTok pasta. Because mm. it's been in my brain. Mm-hmm. And they did not have the block of feta. Oh, okay. But, you know, I'm not very good at following recipes, so I got goat cheese. Mm. So I think I'm going to try with goat cheese. What do you think of that? Sounds good. Mm, I'm going to have to post pictures of my pasta. Okay. With that. Is that tonight? It could be tonight if you uh, wanted to. I'm super hungry. I haven't had any lunch yet. And I it is 520. Oh, it is 520. What'd you have for breakfast? I had I had Dunkin' Donuts on the way to work because I had to go all of a sudden. That's right. I was at the grocery store and you texted and said, sorry, got to go. Mm. So. That was that. And um, yeah, so I can, and there's a couple choices that I will give you and you can tell me what you want. Hmm. But here's the other thing. Mm-hmm. Then I came home and we have a mountain of laundry that I have neglected to do. I did not do laundry last week. Mountain? Yeah, there's a mountain. Montana? Una montaña so, anyway. of laundry. So, and then I did some cleaning and then I got sucked into clubhouse you know what's fun folding folding laundry during the halftime show oh yeah sure hey what you know what we didn't tell anybody at the start who our guest was because i'm having a conversation with you about but let's tell them who the guest is really quick just 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 tell the name you just want to get this over with no 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 what's the name her name is kari heard and what does she do she, okay, my friend, Brooke Tierney, who I know from the No BS group, mm-hmm. um, sent me a message and she said, you have to talk to my friend. She would be a great guest. And guess what? She, I trust her implicitly. Mm-hmm. And she was right. She grew up, she went to middle school, I think, with uh, Brooke. And she lives in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And she's a retired teacher. And she spent years creating a life that was just fine. And listen, there's nothing wrong with just creating a life that is just fine. But when you're just going along the, you know, the you're you're going through the motion, then it costs you a lot of energy. And then she got divorced. And as a single mom, she decided that she needed to do a little introspection and look into what was next and the kind of life that she wanted to design for herself. Did you say it? I did. Oh, okay. I got tongue-tied. Okay. So I was left to my own devices today, though. Mm. So you know what happens when I'm left to my own devices. What did you paint? I did not paint anything. What did you move? I did not move anything. What did you craft? I did not craft. It's crafting my thing now. Come on. Well, sometimes you just do it when you're left to your own machinations. Machinations. Oh, my dad used to use that word. I, I love, love that. that word. I love that word. Anyway, what'd you do? I cleaned. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> well, first of, first of all, I, I really, there's something cathartic for me to clean, but I also had this huge idea just pop into my brain. 
And guess what? I had to write it down. I had to map it out. And then I had to like really figure out what I was doing. And then I realized that I was kind of like getting sidetracked because one of the things that I wanted to accomplish this afternoon is I need to prep for my um, TV interview tomorrow. I'm making an appearance again on Channel 59 News yes. in Indianapolis. That's awesome. Whoop, whoop. Anyhow, I'm talking about ways to um, generate more self-love hmm. and be present for yourself. Cool. Because we can all use that. By the way, did you know that today's the 7th of February? Hey, can people, it is the 7th of February, yes. Can Can people tune into the Indiana show if they're not local? Uh, you can go online after the interview and you can go to the morning show and you can click and look for the segment. But I will also post that in the socials. Cool. Anyhow, and then today's the 7th, which means next week is the 14th. That is uh, Valentine's Day. Yeah. Are you planning something special for us? I haven't done anything yet. Mm, well, you have a week. I guess I, I guess that's some pressure. That's not pressure. I mean, you want me to plan because, you know. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> Julie's planning Valentine's Day. <laughs> mm, okay, then don't complain about the plan. <laughs> <laughs> I would never complain about the plan. I know. Okay, well, I have some ideas. And then, okay, then I did something different for me. I decided that I was going to watch TV. Mm. So I logged into Amazon mm -hmm. and Hulu. To see mm -hmm. what I could find. Because I already know what's playing in Netflix. Right. And I found a really good movie on Hulu. What's it called? I can't, don't remember what it's called. But then as I saw like the beginning credits of it after seeing the preview, I realized, oh, Dan would really like this. So mm. then I didn't watch it. You know, I saw a movie just the other day. Mm -hmm. And I started to watch it. And I was like, Julie would like to watch, Julie might like this too, but I watched it anyway. Yeah, that's the difference between you and I. <laughs> so now I went to Amazon mm -hmm. and there was an Owen Wilson and Selma Hayek. I saw that. Oh, you saw the movie? Not the movie. I saw that the movie exists. Okay. So I watched the preview and I was like, oh, it's a romantic sci-fi. This is a little odd. I don't know if I'd like this. Oh, I think it's, I would like it. It's sci-fi? It's sci-fi. It's a oh. weird thing. So then I'm like, I'm going to watch this. And then I'm like, no, Dan might like this. So okay. did not watch it. Hmm. So I was in Amazon and I'm like, huh, you know what? I'm going to watch The Way. Again? <laughs> Again. So for those people who don't know what The Way is, do you want to share what it is, Daniel? So The Way is a movie starring um, Martin Sheen mm -hmm. about the Camino de Santiago. Yes. His his uh, son, actually his actual son, Emilio Estevez, yes. directed it or yes. produced it. Pro directed it, starred, produced and it. And actually Emilio played Martin Sheen's deceased son in this movie. But he's not in the movie. He's just... No, he is in the movie. He's in, well, yeah, like flash, in, it's flashbacks. It's a flashback. But not much, but it's yeah. Martin Sheen. Um, so Emilio Estevez's character, he wants to go do the Camino Santiago in Spain and he goes and does it and he dies on, on the, uh, on his trek. Yeah. And his father, Martin Sheen, goes to Spain to claim his body, body and his possessions and stuff, which isn't much over there because you're walking a backpack trip and mm -hmm. 
he decides that he's going to pick up where his son left off. Which was the beginning of the trek in St. John Pied de Port in in France, not Spain. And the son, and we're not telling you, we're not giving anything away Mm because this happens in the first five minutes of the movie. Um, The son actually um, gets tragically dies in the Pyrenees mountains Mm -hmm. because the weather in the Pyrenees can be very treacherous Mm -hmm. as I have experienced myself. There's two ways you can go over the Pyrenees is the steep and short way or the long and steep way. Not as steep, (laughs) but pretty steep anyway. They're both pretty steep. But if you go the steep way, sometimes at the wrong time of year, the weather can be. First of all, when Melissa and I were crossing those darn Pyrenees and the weather turned and it was raining, I remember the movie and I thought, huh, I could slip off this mountain right now and end up like Emilio Estevez did. <laughs> like, who would come and finish this trek for me? Because, well, my dad is dead and my mom has no intention of going some mountains. I'm like, I wonder if Dan would do it. So I, I do remember having that. But mm-hmm. as soon as the movie started and it was like, I don't know, it was like maybe 20 minutes in. And they show you the actual Camino and they show you some of the experiences that you experience as a pilgrim. I was transported back and I'm going to get clamped again. Dan, I cried for 20 minutes. You know what? I haven't watched the movie since we went to on the Camino. I, I actually should cried. go back and watch it. Well, I didn't finish it because then I had a Zoom birthday party for my mom. Okay. But I cried for 20 minutes. Happy birthday, Mom. Happy birthday, MT. Um, <laughs> I threw her a Zoom surprise party, and I had all of her nieces and nephews mm-hmm. and her brother, and uh, we had a wonderful party. It was wonderful. Mm-hmm. But here's the one thing that I want to talk about before we get into the interview with Carrie. because she's... I have something to talk about also. Oh, okay. Well, can I go first and finish my point? Absolutely. Thank you. So, Carrie... Um, her main thing, and she's a speaker, and she's become a speaker, and her main um, keynote speech is about, you know, being, going above and not just having a just fine life, you know, putting yourself out of your comfort zone. And that's what the Camino did for me. I, you know, sometimes people ask me, oh, why'd you do the Camino or why, you know, whatever um, you did this. But for me, like, I want to push myself out of my comfort zone. And was it easy to climb the Pyrenees and pouring down rain? Um, and was it easy to carry your backpack that had unnecessary stuff the first trip? No, it wasn't easy, but it was so worth it. And this is what we need to do in life is we need to find the things that challenges that the experiences are worth, the, the trek itself is so worth every single sacrifice and hardship that you encounter on the road. And the other thing that I want to talk about is since I got a new desk, I put this little picture and I'm going to take a picture of it. Um, But it's like a little porcelain picture that I got in Spain many, many, many years ago, the first time I went, but on it, I've actually hung my shell from the Camino de Santiago rather than having it on my backpack. Cool. Now the shell is a symbol of, showing you the way and pointing the direction to go. And the main reason I moved the shell to be here at the beginning of the week is because I wanted to remind myself that 
in my work that I am doing now in my business, I have very specific goals of helping people, mm. of being a servant leader. And this is directing me and pointing me and reminding me that even though sometimes I may be in the middle of crazy or I may be doing multiple things, um, that is pointing me in the direction that I need to go. Cool. So what do you have to say? Very nice. I just feel like you were rushing me, by the way. I'm not rushing you. Well, it felt like it. Oh, that's a that's a thought. It was a thought. <laughs> <laughs> um, so for me, a little, uh, I was obsessing this week because uh, the interview that you're about to hear. Oh. Is um, Julie had issues trying to record it. And we did not find out until last week. <laughs> that it was actually recorded using the microphone from her computer, which is awful. The computer microphone, it just picks up background noise actually louder than, uh, louder than what you hear her. So it was unusable. And Aww. I'm like, I'm like, Julie, don't turn off your, don't turn off. Don't leave now. Hold on. Hold on. There's a happy ending here. Um, and I obsessed about it, trying to clean up the audio and stuff. And I'm like, Julie, you just gonna have to call your guest back and, and maybe redo the interview. And then, you know, I, I was able to clean it up enough to where Julie doesn't quite sound like herself, but you can hear her and she's clear and you can, it's, it's there. It's good. I cleaned it up enough. But it's not the best, not the best recording, not what I really want to put out there because there's some other podcasts that I do editing for, um, and I pride myself in putting out a good product. So in this case, um, I was able to clean it up and you know what? I just had to let go, just had to let go and I did. So I'm going to put it out there and I hope you enjoy it. Sorry for the different audio on Julie's side. Guest sounds great. <laughs> um, but uh, that's all. I just had to learn to, to let go a little bit. And the guest is the person that we really want to highlight. So, mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, it is more important that the guest sounds great. And mm -hmm. I do hope that you enjoy the interview because it was a conversation that really filled my spirit. And as you know, every every guest seems to have um a very special place in my heart hmm. and i feel like this podcast is sort of like christmas in which i get a new hmm. gift under my tree and then like i don't i get to like revisit all these fun memories and conversations so i do hope that it inspires you and it helps you really uh you know look at what you're doing in your life and what direction you're going and find a north star for me right now, my North Star is a shell that's reminding me that it's all about the journey and it's all about the experiences that we have in life. And I cannot wait to go into Camino de Santiago again. So with cool. further ado. We welcome to the show, Kari Hurd. Welcome to Casa de Confidence. Why don't you introduce yourself and tell us who you are? Okay. Well, my name is Kari Hurd. I am a 
motivational speaker. I'm a life coach. I'm a collaborator. I'm a consultant. All the things. I wear all the hats. Um, I was a teacher for 22 years at a high school. And I just decided to make the shift. And um, I just was really feeling called. And, and the further I get into this, to kind of what we were just actually talking about in terms of just being that voice for women to say, you know what, you can do this. And because like you said, you know, I, I've borrowed it from other people, but there were times in my life when I didn't have it. And so I want to be that voice for people that I didn't have when I needed it. So Um, good. So, so good. Now we met uh, through a mutual friend who I happen to think is amazing and love her so much. We were just (laughs) texting yesterday. Um, She sent me as she typically does sends you that um, encouraging, loving, uplifting message out of the blue. And I was just going to say always at, out of the blue, always at random. Like all of a sudden there'll just be a message from her. Like that's hey. right. The, the fabulous Brooke Tierney. Yeah. She is a mentor in the Novias uh, group with me. And that's how we met. And I am living vicariously through her, watching her go out for her runs in the sunny Florida. I know. Right. <laughs> As I freeze myself and uh, bundle yeah. up a little more. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, I, I met Brooke. I think you and I talked about this before, but I met Brooke in junior high. We mm. became friends in like wow. seventh or eighth grade. Yeah. When they called it junior high way yeah, back in that's that. When I went to junior high, when they called it junior high, now <laughs> it's middle school. Right. Um, yeah. Like seventh or eighth grade. We went to our very first concert together. Just the two of us. Ooh, what did you go see? Dad. Who did you go see? Def Leppard. Oh my gosh. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Her dad dropped us off in his, I think he had like a cute little MG, like an antique MG and he took us and it was all this big thing. And I think back then and like, he just dropped us off and left us. We didn't have cell phones or anything. They just, you know, just left us there and came back and got us. And how did we find our parents or our ride? Remember those days when we were just yeah, outside and be like, okay, just meet me in this corner. We would randomly be there and they would randomly <laughs> show up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, oh, that's so, so awesome. I've known her for a very long time. Um, and then you know, we went, she went to a different, ended up transferring to a different school. So we kind of parted ways a little bit and then got reconnected over all the social medias and all of that. And I just, I love her so much. Me too. Me too. I just, um, one of the things that I will never forget is I was a mentor in our camp group for no BS and we connected and we had been doing the video chatting on Marco Polo. And throughout the weekend as a mentor and and when you typically are in that little leadership position, you want to make sure that the people that you're not in charge of, but hoping to support are doing and getting and getting the best of of everything. And and she reminded me and her and our other um, group person, um, well, a couple of the ladies, but in particular, I remember Brooke and Jennifer who um, we had been, whatever the discussion had been, and I, I had shared, you know, I, I, whatever my issue was, and I opened up, and I was vulnerable, and I said, now, this is my issue, and then they said, well, you should get coached, and I remember thinking, 
oh, but I'm supposed to be a mentor. It's about them, not about me. And um, they pushed me and she encouraged me. And she took notes on that coaching session. And to this day, she wrote one of the notes in a napkin for the Marriott. I still have that napkin. Aww. And, I, and I, I look at it. Because I, one of the things that I, I in, in weight loss, one of the compelling reasons that I had is because I did not want to um, have health issues, right? And mm-hmm. I was getting older and the health issues is a big thing. And um, I've seen my mom, you know, sort of struggle with some health issues and conditions. Yep. And um, I obviously you don't want to go after something for something that you know like it's a negative but she she um she wrote on the napkin i want to grow welderly and oh and that has always stuck with me i've i use the phrase all the time but it's because of her so i i think that we all need those kind of friends in our lives yeah, she's incredible. So tell me a little bit about you. And you talked about being a motivational speaker, a coach. Uh, you collaborate with people. You're a former teacher like myself. Yep. So yep. tell me about your journey. How did you get here from where you started? Oh, my goodness. Um, okay, so I while I was teaching, I actually was also on a weight loss journey. I joined a different group online and became a, we called them coaches. It was like your mentors, that kind of position. And I did that for a couple of years. I got in the best physical shape I've ever been in. It was, you know, wonderful. And because it was a network network marketing company, we had this, you know, the annual like convention or whatever. And I went to that I'd been sort of struggling with that. Be I wanted that network marketing to be my business. I knew, I think in my heart, I was ready to leave teaching. Um, and that was going to be my out. So I went to this convention with the idea that I was going to get sort of answers to how I was supposed to go forward. It was the craziest thing. I, I don't know, you know, your belief in sort of universal law and things like that, but I had thrown I had thrown it out there that I this convention was going to give me the answers I needed for whatever whatever that looked like. I, I genuinely just surrendered to that idea. Um, and when I came home, I was still sort of on that network marketing role, and I was sort of doing some of the things, and I started connecting with some new people on social media, and I got connected with a woman who had also previously been a part of the same company but was now doing her own thing. And I just kind of reached out in sort of a, you know, typical network marketing way, like, hey, hello. Um, We got to chatting, long story short, and um, she started telling me about how she was going to start her own coaching business as like a life coach, and I could pursue something like that. And I was like, that sounds crazy. Um, We hopped on a call, um, and she kind of became my mentor. We had the same business coach for a while and it just sort of spiraled from there. Um, I think because this whole thing was so new to me, I really spent the first couple of years floundering a little bit to really find what it was that was stirring inside of me that I really wanted to share. 
Um, but in the last year, I have to say, if there was one big blessing out of COVID, it was that that time to be quiet for me was huge. And I really started to just surrender and allow myself to really let the answers come to me. And, and so I've really just settled. I, I realized that, yes, I, I love being a coach. I, I love my clients. I love doing that piece. But speaking for me is just something when I, I think back over my life has just been like this incredible, like goal, I guess. So, you know, and I know you and I have spoken about this before, sort of that, that I, I really envision my, my life as this pillared thing, right? I've got speaking and coaching and, you know, and just all these different pieces and all these different pillars. And it's been just an incredible journey to get to this point. Isn't it amazing when we look back and, and it's, it's interesting. You said, um, you know, how this year in COVID and being quiet sort of led you to this place. Mm-hmm. Um, I was listening to a speaker earlier. I don't know if, if uh, this is my latest obsession that I'm trying to not be obsessed over but it's Mm -hmm. one of those things that kind of sucks you in. So I'm really monitoring Um, Clubhouse, which is this new. I I don't, I've heard of it. I haven't tried it. Okay. So you have to be invited. Number one, it's a social media thing. And apparently it started over the summer. Uh, Speakers who were looking to connect sort of came together, blah, blah, blah. So the way that it works is sort of like, a radio show combined with a, um, with like, a, think of a conference where you're walking around and then there's different presentations in different hotel rooms and you go in and there's speakers on stage and you're in the audience and then you listen to them sort of present. That's sort of what it is. Um, okay. so it's, uh, interesting. So like, I, I was invited last week and I was excited because I was like, okay, I, you know, that FOMO, they're like, okay, I get yeah. to go in. And then I went in and I'm like, oh my gosh, what is this? I don't know how this works. This is so crazy. And I started to just sort of listen. So you go into a virtual room and okay. you see what the topic is. And then the speakers, it might be one or two people who are moderators. And then there's panelists. And then you can get invited to be a panelist or you can raise your hand and they can, you can ask a question of the panelists. <clears throat> Or you just listen to the conversation. So one of the speakers today was talking about how we as a collective society, whether we want to believe this or not, manifested 2020. That we we were looking for rest. We were looking for more. We were looking for, um, we were, there, there's so much stuff going on that yeah. we sort of, you know, all of this collective wishing for more time with our families. We were wishing for just a shift in things that were just escalating in, in the world. Uh, and sort of we brought it about. And here's the thing that I really truly believe that things don't happen to us. They happen for us. And Absolutely. the whole concept that, that um, you know, you surrendered and that this year you really took time to be quiet really resonates with me. And I think that I, I, I want listeners to find that 2020 was a year in which look back and see what are the gifts. Yep. And you will be I, able I to move on. 
I posted on social media the other day. I saw it and I paraphrased it for myself. The post was maybe, and it, it came at the end of the year. So it was like maybe this year, 2020, wasn't the year you got what you wanted. Maybe it was the year you got what you needed. Absolutely. And I think that so many of us, um, we have been running around in multiple directions and we stopped listening to what we yeah. need. And we stop yep. listening to the voice. I, what would you say to the woman who's sitting at home and like, oh my God, I don't understand this life coaching. I don't understand getting out a job that's so like, uh, it's teaching. And, but maybe they themselves have a little voice that is saying, hey, what about this? Or what right. if, what would you say to that woman who is sitting there? It may not be life coaching. It may be a shift in career or maybe, um, maybe backing away from something or really pursuing something for themselves that they lost track of. So I really, and again, this is one of those things, the more I surrender, the more that some of these things come to me. But one of the things that I've really pieced together for myself is really three, and it sounds, I I almost hate to say it because I hate seeing posts like this. Three simple steps. But when I boil down, because people often ask, well, what's the work that you do? It's really three pieces. It's identifying for yourself what's not working. And, and I really believe you have to do that first. And and you have to get super crystal clear with yourself about what's not working. If it, you can say, well, I'm overweight. Okay. But why is that not working for you? Like you said, for you, it was a, a health thing. Um, and you have to drill down. And you know, when I first started getting coached, my coaches and mentors would like say things like this to me and be like, what are you talking about? I, I don't understand what that means. What do you mean drill down? Like it's, it's difficult work. So I don't want to simplify it into these three steps, but it really was, it was getting super clear about what's not working. And then this one was huge. I think this, the second big thing for me was really, I, I did a meditation with a coach. She walked me through a, a meditation one time where she had me visualize myself in that ideal state, whatever that looks like, right? But for whatever area of your life, it was, and, and we got really specific. She was guiding me through it, but I was actually, she did a wonderful job of almost getting me entranced in interacting with my ideal self. Like I was there kind of side by side with her, almost like when you're doing, yeah, it was almost like doing inner child work only in the future, which was really cool. Um, and we got really specific, like what color hair does she have? What does she, what does her body look like? What kind of clothes is she wearing? Where does she, you know, really very specific, but then attaching the emotions to them. Like, okay, if that's her color hair, how does, why is that her hair color? And how does that make her feel? Um, and then the third step, at least like when I'm working with my clients, the third step for us is to then create the action plan. So it's it's really, it's being and then doing and then getting to have what it is you're seeking. It's why we we connected so well. And I, I, I love everything that you're saying because that's exactly what I feel. And when working with clients, I do very similar work. I, I We have to really be able to visualize it. We really have mm -hmm. to. Um, and 
The problem that I think, and, and I, I'm not going to say problem because I really hate that word, but the challenge yeah. that comes is that when you are trying to do this work and you, you're sitting at home and you're like, oh, I really wanted to fill in the blank. And we start yep. to maybe want to visualize. Mm-hmm. We immediately have that inner critic that says, mm-hmm. oh, who are you to think you can do this? Or right. you could never, or, oh, that could never happen. Like all mm-hmm. the things. And right. um, I know that for me, and, and I'm sure for you it's the same, working with a coach has helped you has helped you be able to sort oh, of you. get past the inner critic, but also mm-hmm. uh, learn how to um, live with the inner critic and have compassion for the inner critic. Mm-hmm. And then yep. be also to uh, hone in your skill of visualizing and being so specific with what oh. you're, you're envisioning. I, I, I really think that, I think we did that exercise about just about a year ago. And um I think of all the years I've worked with coaches and that I've been doing this, that was the most pivotal moment to just connect so deeply with the emotions around it. Cause like I said, I would have coaches talk me through that. They're like, well, okay, you want to make six figures. What, how's that going to make you feel when you make six figures? And they would ask the right questions, but it's about so much more than just, well, I'm going to feel abundant or I'm going to feel less stress. Well, Okay. And they would, like I said, they would ask the right questions, but to really get in there and say, okay, you're, you're standing there right next to that version of you and you're making six figures. What is she doing with that six figures? Or, or, okay, so she is in really good physical shape. Why? And what does that feel like for her? You know, is it just, and, and you I always default to talking about weight loss because so many women are always on that journey, right? That they always say they're going to feel more confident. What is that exactly? What is that? And so really having that connection and, and that visualization, I got to pick her brain like that, that fit healthy version of me. I got to pick her brain and it was just, I, I think, my and, and so, so picking up from that, mm-hmm. I, I think, um, you know, that confidence of, yeah, I want to feel confidence. I want to wear the cute clothes, but here's mm-hmm. what that actually feels like. You walk right. in, you look at the outfit and you're like, I'm going to put on those short shorts and I'm going to be like, oh, look at me. And like, and, and the feeling and close your eyes and, and picture like the shorts just snapping without you having to suck it in, right? <laughs> just snapping clothes. And all of a sudden they're not tight. They just fit just right. And you look in the mirror and you're like, oh my God, look at my ass, yeah. right? That's yeah. the feeling. And that's the confidence. And that's the, the pivotal uh, emotion that if you can connect to that emotion, whether it be for weight loss or whether it be you standing in an audience, just in your jam yeah. in your zone, just sharing what you know and saying, nobody else knows this better than me and I can I can teach it or I can give it to you. Or, or when you're sitting around and you're like, I am the best parent and I am nurturing and I'm bringing these humans into making them the best and you're just connecting with that. It's going to make you really um, reach the goals that you want to set up for yourself. And that's so key. Well, and I think 
the next level of that. And certainly, like, we're talking about all these things as if it's so simple. It, it clearly is not. Always. Otherwise, we'd all be doing it, right? But the next level of that is then feeling that feeling before you get there. Because you're not going to be confident in the short shorts, no matter, I don't care if you're a size zero or a size two, you're not going to be confident in the short shorts if you don't own your confidence now. Oh, I know. I know. Absolutely. And I think that this is the thing that, um, and actually, um, my mentor and coach had a, a, a camp over the weekend I didn't attend, but a lot of the theme and a lot of my friends that did attend, this is exactly what they've been talking about. And I think that um, you are so right. If we don't sit and and I might've even, I might've even put it in my stories yesterday that today we're making goals, but who cares if we're making goals? Because that goal will never make us happy. If we're not happy today, if we're not happy in how how we are, who we are, what we're doing today, we Mm -hmm. have to find that happiness so that when we get to where we're going with our goal, it's just an extension of where we were and who we are. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And and finding happiness in, or whatever the emotion is that you're looking for, right? Mm -hmm. Like you said, there's that, that key emotion, finding that key emotion in the little seemingly insignificant actions that you take. So, and this is, it's funny that we're talking about this now because I actually signed up to be in a a manifesting challenge for 21 days. Wait, who's, who's doing the manifest? Gabby Bernstein. Yes, I know. A lot of people are doing the challenge. I love it. So today's lesson was about taking small significant action Mm -hmm. and grounding into the feeling so if you're wanting to feel abundant go throw ten dollars in a savings account and some people will will laugh at that and be like oh it's only 10 bucks okay yeah but if i can't be happy about that ten dollars in the savings account i can't be happy about a hundred dollars or a hundred thousand you know if you're wanting to feel fit Mm -hmm. Go make one decision and take action on it today. I don't care. Go buy yourself a new sports bra or something. But yep. but round <laughs> into that feel. And, and I think that's the piece that we miss, especially mm-hmm. when we're setting all the resolutions. And I I'm I'm not a big fan of the resolutions, yeah, like either. you said, because they don't because we go so gung ho. It's like we are setting ourselves up right. to fail. Absolutely. Right? The simple simple actions daily are the ones that have that compounding effect. And, and, and connecting to the emotions while we're doing those. Yeah, absolutely. Sunday, I, I did yoga and it's, it, I, and, you know, so full disclosure, I'm a yoga teacher, but I had not done yoga for two weeks. And every time I get into this thing, it's like, oh, it's going to hurt. Oh, and, and you start, right? And, and But I, I, I wanted to show up and I wanted to see and be present and hold space for the discomfort or for the insecurity I was having in myself. But afterwards, I really relished the feeling of feeling like a yogi, right? Yeah, right. Right. So, and I think that that's what we need to connect with and many women don't. Um, When you work with clients, what is one of the common themes that you find uh, they, they need to have you support them through? Um, well, uh, you, you touched on one of them and that's that inner critic. That's a big one. Um, 
I, so one of my keynotes that I give is called fine isn't good enough. And I think it's because so many of us have subscribed to a life that really is fine, right? Like we, we fall into life sometimes without making choices. And when we get there and, and I tell my story of like, I, I really sort of fell into that picket fence, right? I, I got married, I had babies, we had the house and the minivan and all the things. And it, it really was fine. It's not that it wasn't. It's that because it was fine, I wasn't allowing myself to want more. I wasn't allowing myself to dream or to pursue because once we get into fine, um, we, it's not, I, I think we just get scared that we have to, now we have to be responsible, right? I have children. And so I have to like make, you know, res- responsible decisions about that. And yeah, yeah. And so I think the biggest obstacle I have and I I don't mean this to sound like a salesy type coach, but is convincing women that I see that it's okay to, to acknowledge that you don't have to love every piece of your life and fine doesn't have to be, you deserve better than fine. And if that looks like what you already have with tweaks, great. But just to give yourself permission to explore, I think that's probably the biggest obstacle that I work with. Permission to explore is something that um, many women are struggle with. And, mm-hmm. and, I, and I think that, you know, for instance, I, I think of the example of the midlife crisis of a male. You know, all of a sudden the man wakes up and, and it's, it's, it's changed somewhat. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, I know that growing up, you know, they, they, you would have the quintessential character in a movie or a TV show of the dad <laughs> going through their midlife crisis, getting yep. in a sports car yeah. and doing that. He was exploring and he was exploring what, you know, hey, I have was driving that station wagon. And now I need something more. And maybe mm-hmm. what does that look like? I want, I want mm-hmm. to look good. Maybe I'll get hair plugs. Right. But for right. many years as women. Like we are told that we we wanted this, we wanted babies, we wanted a family. Mm-hmm. That this is this. Why do you want more? And we don't give ourselves permission to want more. We we right. then we feel guilty over wanting more. Right. And right. that's an issue. That's a that's a big issue, I think. And I think yeah. that we need to start to um, create the examples for others that it's mm-hmm. okay. To be restless. It's okay mm-hmm. to decide this is not just good enough. This is good. I love that. But I deserve I, I deserve more. You know? And yeah. and restless sometimes I, I as a child, obviously, I was always very restless and you know, and <laughs> and, and, yeah. and I was always like, sit still, stop talking, don't do that, right? And and I have fought very hard to to get past being the good girl. Um mm-hmm. But we need to we need to do that. We need to do that for those that are watching, our girls, yeah. our daughters, nieces, because uh, we we need to have the permission to go after what we want mm-hmm. and not just what is expected of us. Right. And so when I said I was a consultant, one of my goals moving forward is to do some reconnecting in the schools because I think in my experience was that, you know, looking back, 
how helpful it would have been if I could have been more restless when I was at that age of exploration, right? Like, I I really didn't know that there was a world outside of going to a four-year college. And then when I got into college, you know, my dad even said, don't get married just because everybody else is. And then I said, and I looked around and I went, yeah, but what else would I do right now? Like, you know, and I, I did, I had this vision. I, I remember it so distinctly. I had this vision of being an international businesswoman. I was a Spanish major. And I didn't know what to do with that. I didn't really want to teach. I knew that, but I was like, well, I could go be a business major. And I took accounting 101 and I barely passed by the skin of my teeth. And so I decided in that moment that apparently that wasn't my calling, like based off of that one thing. And, but I had such a limited view of what the possibilities were and never in my life, like you're saying, had anybody given me that permission to go be reckless or not reckless, but restless. And, and so I would love like, yes, I love coaching women our age to move through that, but almost more so we can be examples for our children. And I think one of the greatest compliments I got, and it was pretty early in my coaching career, pretty early in this transition, my oldest, we were sitting on the couch and she speaks to me pretty candidly, but she looked at me one day and she goes, mom, I first, I'm just going to say that when I say this, I, I'm not trying to say that you're old. Oh, okay. Honey, let's maybe not start a conversation like that, but okay. And she said, but she said, I know that things are hard for you sometimes, but watching you do what you're doing, I'm so grateful that I get to watch you and learn along with you so that I don't have to do it when I'm your age. I love that. I I literally, I get tears in my eyes. Uh, You're making me tear up and I'm getting chills. Because yes, that's the goal. That's what it's about. That's what it's about. And it's okay to not have it all figured out. And it's, it's, if you want to do a four-year college, go do that. It's a safe place for a lot of people. Right. I think that that's exactly it. If, if I remember similarly, when my friends were getting married, like there was a period, you know, you, you attend all of the weddings, all the weddings. weddings. And I remember, I'm not going to lie. I, at first I thought, what's wrong with me? I'm not getting married. I'm not going in that. And then I remember thinking, well, that's not necessarily what I want right now. And and then uh, uh, someone, I forgot who it was. And they, they said to me, just think of the bright side. By the time you get married, all your friends will be married and have joint incomes and can get you a better gift. And then I thought, oh, that's great. <laughs> you know, for as stupid as that may, but I remember, and, and, and in some yeah. ways, it's sort of, it was a joke, but it also made me think like, okay, like, I'm, I'm going to be, the permission you needed. Yeah, and, and, and yeah. guess what? I, I think that the, you have to be okay with if your path is, is getting married at 21, do it. Be yeah. happy, be just be the best part of you, but be mm-hmm. okay with knowing that you can also say, I got married at 21 and at 25, at 27, at 37, at 57, I want more. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that it was a terrible decision to get married at 21. It's a great decision for me at the time, but I changed mm-hmm. and evolved. And, um, and that's the thing, right? There's that acceptance of we just we are ever changing beings mm-hmm. right 
Of course. If we're not changing, we're not living. Right. So there, there's that piece of it too, that, you know, it's, it's about, for me, it's about, you know, being rec. I keep saying reckless. There's something subconscious. Maybe we need to explore that a little more. What do you need to be reckless about? (laughs) There's something about being restless on the front end and knowing that, you know, the world is your oyster, but there's also something for allowing yourself, like, even if, you don't have a care in the world at 19, 20, 21, like you're saying you, that can still evolve and, and whatever path you choose at 19, 20, 25, 30 doesn't have to be your path forever. Yeah. And I think that that's the one thing where I see that in this world, we tend to believe that, you know, this is the path I chose and therefore that's the path I have. I'm stuck. I'm stuck. And Mm -hmm. I think that for myself, um, I was watching, believe it or not, TikTok. It's going to sound like I'm always on social media, but I really am not. Um, But we were on TikTok and one of the videos came up and it's like, how to make money in the travel industry. Of course, I was sucked in because I love to travel. So this woman was talking about like, oh, you can be, uh, you can go to Germany and be an English speaking guy. And I was like, oh, I could go to Germany and be a speaking guy. And then, of course, you know, this is a 20 something year old and I'm thinking she's probably speaking to a 20 something. And, yeah. and then I thought, oh, I'm too old for that. And then I thought, well, am I? Like, I could take a month. I mean, my husband will miss me. I will miss him. But I work remotely. Like, why not? Like, why why not? And I think that, you know, I'm not moving to Germany or going to Germany or anything like that. But at the same time, that's the mindset. Why couldn't I? And we need to start saying, why not? As opposed to, this is my path. I'm stuck in this path. This is what I do. And defining ourselves by the road that we've been on. We need to define ourselves by the possibilities that are out there. And you yeah. have done that. You have, yeah. you, you have decided to say there's possibilities. I love this. This is what I'm good at. And I'm going to pursue that. Now, mm-hmm. a speaker, do you get afraid of speaking in public? I mean, I get nervous, like who wouldn't, but it honestly, it excites me more than it. Uh, there's more excitement than fear for me. Yeah. I love it. I, when I was teaching, one of my favorite jobs was when I transitioned into staff development and like standing up on staff development days and presenting to the, like, that was like my favorite thing. Like I said, of course I got nervous and, you know, sweating and just hot and nervous, but it was my first so keynote, and fun and, my first keynote, I, I'll never forget. We were in Orlando. Um, was it Orlando? Hmm. Now I can't remember, but it it was for my company and we were having a national or national conference and I was presenting on uh, federal funding and, uh, you know, it's such a (laughs) sexy topic, but um, it was the first time, you know, I was speaking in front of all the franchise owners and the head of the company and about, you know, thousand people in the room. And uh, I, um, I called my dad. And he, he always spoke in public. He was a trainer. He did a lot of things. And, and um, I'm like, you know, I'm feeling more nervous. And I've always spoken. I, I, I did mm-hmm. a lot of presentations before. But this was going to be big. And he's like, honey, pick a song. Make it your song. Play it. And uh, yeah. 
And that's, you know, ever since then, that's what I do. I just play my little song and it pumps me up. I'm like, okay, I'm ready. Here we go. Oh, this yeah. is my, my, my way to go. And, and um, 100%. you get a lot of flutters, but it excites me more. And I love that. And I think that many people tend to have that fear, right? I think that they would rather um, whatever it is than speak in public. And, right. Oh, um, yeah. Explore how maybe... It's not a fear, but just it could be excitement that you're getting to be in front of all these people. Right. Oh. right. Yeah, no, I I love it. I love it. Now who inspires you? <sighs> oh, I you know, I can think of so many celebrities that do, but um I think that the one person who is always in the back of my head, like that you know, we all have that one person in our life where I, you go, oh, what would they think if I did that? What would they think if I decided this? You know, there's that one person and for a lot of us, it's our mom or our, a parent or a, I think that that one person for me has always been my grandmother, which I know a lot of people probably think is very cliche, but she just, she embodies so many wonderful traits where, you know, she's got that little bit of sass that you kind of appreciate, but yet, you know, and she's a little old school and a little hardcore, but then it, when push comes to shove, she's like the sweetest lady ever. And she and I just have always had a special, a special relationship. And so I think, you know, she's the one in the back of my head that, just always when I'm in a decision, I, I'm always thinking, Oh, I hope she would be proud of this decision. Oh, I hope she's proud. You know, I hope. I know that she probably is because you're yeah. forging away. And if she's anything like my grandmother was, you're doing yep. things that are, are impacting and leaving a legacy. Right. And, and my mom and I have talked about that. And she, she said that she said, you know, she, she's proud of you because you're doing what she didn't or couldn't in a time when she probably, you know, she probably would have been blazing the trail had it, you know, in, in, so it, yeah. Now you, my, you spoke with your daughter and speaking of legacies, what is the legacy that you wish you, you are going to leave for her? That's a huge question. Um, I think it's just that idea that we've been talking about that to give yourself permission to explore and be restless and, and, and not settle for fine. Like I said, fine is fine. Fine There's nothing wrong with it. But boy, if you're feeling that burn in your belly to try something different, just do it. And I think that that's what I want to leave with my kids is that you get to do what you want to do. Right. Whatever that looks and like. And that's a gift to be able yep. to do that and to know. Yep. And, and here's the thing. I think that that's a gift we all have. It's a gift we don't always open and we don't right. always claim. And well, and I think as parents, it's hard to open that. Like I know I see other parents and I think it's hard because we want what's best for them. Mm-hmm. And we know what has worked for us and what hasn't. Right. And we always, you always hear these cliches as parents about like, I want what's better. You know, I want them to have better than I did. And so I don't want them to make the mistakes I did. 
no, I, you know, I'll, I'll, I'm happy to teach them from my mistakes, but I, I want them to go make their own mistakes. And I want them to have experiences that I can't help them with Right. in, in this way that that's going to make them into this incredible human. Yeah. And, and I think you that know? you're teaching, knowing that is teaching your children that growth mindset. And mm-hmm. to and to learn that we're not going to shy away from the failures. We're going to embrace them and learn from them, because mm-hmm. those are the ones and the lessons that tend to stick better than oh, right. I did it right. Okay, let me move on. Right. It's like I'm right. on the floor. I fell really hard, but I want to keep <laughs> climbing. And now right. I know that you know that branch is not going to hold me up or whatever it is. Right. Right. Well, even and you know this, like leaving something as structured as teaching mm-hmm. to start your own business that you get to create the structure. There isn't really a structure, really. Right. For being I can honest. go to the bathroom if I need to. <laughs> <laughs> Don't have to wait forty-seven minutes. Um. You know, you you go from that structure to no structure and even the, the safety net of like, you know, you get paid every two weeks and, and now it's, you know, it, there's so many pieces of it that are so different, but it's all been a learning experience, right? It's been failing forward over the last three years. And I, I remind myself that often when I'm thinking, oh, I just, I wish I had more clients or oh, I wish I had more speaking gigs on my books for 2021 or, oh, I wish this, I wish I was farther in my business than I am. Okay, first of all, slow down, you're where you're supposed to be, but also it's this constant failing forward. Right, right. You know? Absolutely. And, and I think that that's the problem too when we're in the process of chasing after a goal that mm-hmm. we want to arrive and we want to be mm-hmm. there without... Um, having gone through the messy middle and the messy Mm -hmm. middle is the place where we learn and it's where we we become the person that can handle being at that I was going to say the universe won't let you have what you're wanting (laughs) until it knows you can handle it until you're capable of it right and it what the phrase I've always learned is like it'll give you prove it moments if you say you want to, you know, make a hundred K in a year, the universe is going to say, okay, well here, and it's going to give you all these little prove-it moments to say, okay, are you not necessarily, are you worthy of that, but are you capable of managing that? Oh, so good. It's I'm going to use that. that. I'm going to say, I learned this from a great mind. <laughs> this is your prove-it moment. Yeah. So right. Yeah. When you're, and there are those moments when you want to give up, that's exactly what it is. It's the, and it's, the universe saying, okay, are you, are you capable of navigating this? If you're going to have a hundred K, do you know how to manage that? But then also, are you willing to do the hard work to get there? Yeah. And, and we can't, if you're not willing to do the hard work, you don't get to. That's where the motivation comes in. When you're sitting in the morning and the alarm goes off, and you know that you're trying to get up early to either go work out or start your day working or whatever it is, that's a proven moment. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, here's your opportunity, right? Right? The chapter for the day. Yeah. Yeah. And I've I've had plenty of them over the years, you know? For sure. Like we all do. Right. You, 
you fall into that when you first transition, it's like, Ooh, I have freedom of my own schedule. And then all of a sudden, like two, three weeks have gone by and I haven't really done anything because, you know, um, but I, I believe that that's why, and I, I don't mean this to sound harsh against anybody, but I think a lot of times we hear stories of people who have won millions in a lottery where it, it goes south pretty quickly after that. And I think it's because they've jumped from A to Z without the prove it moments to get there, to prove that they can navigate that, to prove that they're willing to do the hard work to stay there. Right. And and this is the whole concept of acting now as if. Yes. Because if you act now as if you are the millionaire, Yep. Then the millionaire doesn't go out and like squander their money. The millionaire right. is, is intentional with their choices. Right. The millionaire knows that, okay, I won this money. I'm going to make it grow or whatever it is. And the same things yes. you do now before you right. get there. And it's, right. The outcome's full circle for sure. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, that's exactly it. You talked about uh, speaking gigs. What would be your dream speaking gig? <sighs> there's probably a couple of them. I would love to get on the stage at the yearly conference for the network marketing company I was with before. Okay. Like when I had that sort so of pivotal good. moment of there, there's a little bit of, I don't know if that would be serendipity. I don't know if that's the right word, but just a little bit of something that would be really about that. Um, also just on a stage in front of students. I think to 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 give them the messages that that we've been talking about this whole time, just this idea that they get to they get to choose, you know, and and that they don't have to settle for what their parents had. And I know, you know, I've had a couple of people say, "Yeah, but we tell kids that all the time." But do we show them? Right. Yeah. Absolutely. We tell them all the time. Yeah. And, You're right. And that's but do the we thing. Show them? The bigger lesson comes from the actual seeing it done and actually them, you know, I do, we do, you do. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. that's gonna be very key. And that's that's something that, you know, we said do this, but we're not showing it how and we're not teaching them by doing. So right. Yeah, the lessons don't stick for sure. I, I love that you have all all these amazing thoughts, and I could probably talk to you all day. I but, know, right? <laughs> uh, we, we're, we're coming to an end. Tell me um, what your biggest dream is for the year. Um, I think for my business to feel consistent. I think is my biggest dream to, to have it really start to flow a little more effortlessly. I think that you, you definitely know how to get there. You, you already have those tools and uh, you're doing some amazing work. People who work with you can definitely benefit from having the wisdom and the insight that you do. Thank you. That's Um, very kind. How can the listeners find you? (gasps) Um, on all social medias, it's at Kari Hurd, K-A-R-I-H-U-R-D. So, um, and then I, the same web, website is kariherd.com. So keeping it simple. I love it. Um, I'm currently hanging out mostly on Instagram. That's more my favorite place. Yeah, I love um, Instagram. Instagram is so fun. 
I think it is. And I think for me, it's a bit more effortless, right? Like we talk a lot in business about it. It's not always easy, but it should feel effortless. That just became the place that felt the most effortless for me. Absolutely. And and it's fun uh, to just see how people are growing and the platform itself is is allowing people to uh, connect in a deeper level, I think. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you should get on Clubhouse though. You'll see how fun it is, especially your speaker. Yeah, I'm going to have to try that. I haven't... So I, I, I would say I would say I can invite you, but you don't get an invitation. You only get one invitation per week. And oh four. no, that's okay. And uh, but yeah, so maybe when I get an invitation, so, I'll share. But I'm share. gonna really quick aside. I'm gonna be honest. My first gut reaction, and maybe this is an old trauma peeking up. It felt very high school click. <laughs> You're right. It is. It was like. Wait, what if I don't get invited? And what goes on in that room over there that I'm not invited into? But if I'm oh. in this room over here, like that's where my brain so, went. I'm so you can go into really most ugly. rooms. I would say very rarely is there a private room. So once you're okay. in, in the in yeah. crowd of Clubhouse, <laughs> you pretty much can go most places. But but yeah, I, I have to say the first time I heard about it, I was like, what is this? And then I'm like, wait a minute. I went in and then no one would, you know, like I said, I wanted an invitation. I was in a, in a group, uh, yeah. one of these groups on Facebook and, and, I, and no one gave me an invitation. I'm like, oh, it's like, I'm not good. And like all these feelings, right? And I'm like, oh, screw that. It's like, screw that. Screw that. Right? Like, this was me too. I was like, right. never mind. I don't need it. And I'm like, fine. I don't need it. And then I thought, whatever. I, it's not meant to be. I'm doing other stuff. And then someone's like, hey, do you want an invitation? I'm like, yes, <laughs> I do. <laughs> So funny. It took me back to this John Hughes movies, you know. Yeah, right. Oh right? Lord, we we we. And any up. listeners that don't know who John Hughes is and what his movies are, they can't be listening anymore. Go Breakfast, uh, the Breakfast Club, Pretty in Pink, Sixteen Candles. Oh my God, I love them. I could watch them all day. Anyway, one last bit of advice for your for the listeners. Oh my goodness, just find that fire inside of you, be brave. Um, You know, and I, people, I know you asked this question before we started to me, what is confidence? It, it's those moments of bravery. It's not this spirit you exude. It, It can come off that way, but it's, it's that those moments of bravery to do the thing that scares you, whatever. And I don't care how big or small it is. It doesn't mean a huge career change. It doesn't have to be an entire, you don't have to flip your whole world upside down. Find those moments of bravery to move your life from better, you know, from fine to epic. Oh, so good. That was a perfect way to end. Thank you so much Thank for coming you. across so the confidence. Yeah. I loved, I, I love connecting with you and then we will continue to do great things together. We will. I, yeah, we this is too <laughs> so good. All right. Yeah. So thank you. Another great interview. Now we're gonna wrap this up quick because we have a Super Bowl to watch. And you know what's gonna happen in the Super Bowl? Uh Kansas City is gonna win. Why would you root against Tampa Bay just because Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski is on the team? I am rooting you have no for allegiance. the underdog. You just go against anyone who was ever associated or affiliated with the Patriots. You know, that's kind of harsh for you to say. You know what? You know what? Good. 
go with Kansas City. You know why? Because I want to see, I want to see my boy Brady win the Super Bowl and prove to everyone it was it was about his leadership skills and what he can do with a football team at the helm. Love to see that happen. Listen. Prove himself, and he will. He wins the Super Bowl. You know what? The fact that he's at the Super Bowl proves that he's the greatest quarterback of all time. Oh, my God. You must be mistaken this podcast for a sports podcast. Well, I just, I just <laughs> right there in a single sentence just split the room. Uh-huh. But anyway. Whatevs. This is. Okay, think about this. Tom Brady is 10th Super Bowl in a 21-year career. Oh, Think my about God. that. Wow, am I boring you? Sorry. <laughs> no one's done that ever. Okay, good for him. Just but... saying. I'm, you know, I'm happy for his success. I'm happy for his success. And you know what I think I attribute to his success? What? His mental game. Yes. Yes. He is excellent at managing his thoughts. Mm -hmm. He is committed. Like he, his wife and kids were away and he rented some mansion. And you know what he did? He didn't sit around and like, oh, I'm going to just, you know, trip to life fantastic. He actually watched game after game after game. And it. the other thing that was very helpful, I'm sure, is that he really supported his mind with what he was feeding himself and he really made it a point and he's mm -hmm. he's someone that i do admire him for that mm -hmm. he has a commitment to making sure that what he is putting into his body is amazing now one other thing this young this young quarterback from kansas city mahomes yes he's having a baby by the way he's the next tom brady i yeah well if there is another tom brady you know he's we, an amazing amazing player he's an amazing person too so i i i heard that his wife is uh, pregnant and she may be into labor during super bowl so that's a lot in his mind as well oh cool so anyway i hope you guys loved the interview i hope that you um gained some insight from it and i'm glad you joined us yet again and please, we would love it if you can give us some feedback on the interview, what you think of Carrie, and don't forget to connect with her at Carrie. Ugh, I, okay. I am stumbling with my words. <laughs> okay. CarrieHerd.com. And she can also be found on Instagram and Twitter. Her handles will be on the newsletter. I am also, and I am sure I've talked about the way before, if you go to Amazon and, and um, Google The Way, you can find more about the Camino de Santiago. Or if you really feel inspired and you want to hear about my adventures, you can go and read my blog, which is NewYorkRedRose.com. Or actually, NYRedRose.com. Is it linked through the website? Um, no. Oh, we need to do that. I don't know if I want the whole world reading my Ugh. personal Oh, wow. Musings. Julie doesn't want the whole world learning more about her. Wow, that's a turn. Well, 
I mean, my friends on the podcast are my friends and of my course. listeners, and I trust them with my story, mm-hmm. and I trust them with having a glimpse into what it was for me to travel and um, do the Camino de Santiago and mm-hmm. share those adventures. But the website, you know, I may have some random person coming because, you know, they heard me on Clubhouse and I don't have a relationship with them yet. Do I want them listening to my private musings from my travel adventures? Maybe. But for now, I am just sharing with my friends, the listeners. So listeners also, please give us a review and don't forget to subscribe, share and Go confidently in the direction of your dreams. And don't forget, we'll be here next week. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for joining us this week on the Casa de Confidence podcast with Julie DeLuca Collins. Remember to check her out on Instagram and Facebook and always click subscribe to catch every new episode. Remember, leave a review so we can continue to bring you fresh content. And as always, go confidently in the direction of your dreams. Hi, everybody. I know that sometimes we get very lonely in this entrepreneur journey, and I want to invite you to join us into our limited time only Purposeful You Mastermind. For many of us entrepreneurs, we believe that we can do it all, but the reality is that doing it alone only creates a lot of overwhelm. So join us at the Purposeful You Mastermind. You can find out more information by going to bit.ly forward slash Julie's Mastermind. This is going to be the place where you are able to then unlock your full potential and achieve long-term success for your business, push you behind your current limits, expand your connections, discover new ideas, and implement them with confidence. You're going to get the support in all aspects and transforming you to the six-figure business you've been looking for. Pause and get off the hamster wheel if you've been spinning around. This is a time where you can get that support from like-minded entrepreneurs that are here to join you in your journey. Together, we can challenge the assumptions and land the speaking engagements and opportunities we want to grow our business and make an impact in the lives of people. See you then. Remember, you can find the mastermind at bit.ly, Julie's Mastermind.